Welcome to Discover Energy Work, and we are on part two of the rather exciting cliffhanger uh, interview that I had with Russell Pickering. And I'm just going to drop you straight into where we cut off because I think that's an interesting point to uh, to drop you. Enjoy the rest of the interview, and it doesn't happen so often, so uh, yeah, enjoy that. TV completely black. Yeah. Okay. I, I missed that. So uh, we, we, we're on Discover Energy Work um, with Russell Pickering and, and we were on part two. We, we just like, like got the, it's, it's a bit like one of these TV shows when they're going to end at the, at the exciting part and then they suddenly stop it. Well, we had that. We had like suddenly the internet completely stops. Everything completely stopped. We had to go out, go out and restart the router. Um, and then you were saying upstairs, uh, um, the TV went blank. Is that right? Apparently, the, my girlfriend and housemate said that the TV went strangely black. Yeah. So I, I'm not. Um, I don't like to 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 be, be melodramatic about these things, but I, I'm not. I'm also. I'm not new to this. <laughs> it's like. Oh yeah, we're talking about um, this kind of stuff. I had Sean McNamara on the show, and honestly, I broke a microphone on him just before the class. Like the the microphone's like two hundred dollar ridiculously shaped microphone, like just just went dead. Yeah, uh, and I'm like, yeah, okay, that that fits. We're in the PK land. Mm -hmm. um, but let's go a little bit on with the story. Let's let's hope that that um, uh, I can say that tension has been released. So you had this um, light, this bright light unfold, and yeah. then um, yeah, and you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. In, it, in in the the event uh, went on for quite some time. And I finally said, I'm going to just drive right to this darn thing. It's about a quarter of a mile away. So <laughs> pulled, pulled my truck back out of the little dirt road, got on the main road, got closer and closer. And then it just, like I said, it's no way to describe it except it folded into nowhere. Mm -hmm. And that was that. And the interesting part was that this entire time I had my full camera set up next to me in the seat of my truck and never once did it occur to me to get my camera out and as a photographer i it didn't matter if it moved i took pictures of it right right, right. and there with all the wildlife so i found that interesting yeah so the, the the turning point came the next morning there was this little store there called the red barn and that's where all the uh, grouchy old guys would go in the morning and argue about politics and get jacked up <laughs> Coffee, and American life. <laughs> but every, yeah, Wyoming. But, but everybody knew everybody, and there were—I think there were some like 250 post office boxes, but most of them were for people that were there during the summer. So during the winter, there was very few people. Hmm. So I pulled into the store, and at the gas pumps, just standing there, was one of the oddest characters, and darkest, strangest uh, individuals I've ever seen. And I made eye contact, and then I like, ooh, kind of looked away. And then when I tried to walk around him into the store, he just, he was locked onto me. 
So I got into the store and everybody's like, who's that creepy guy out there? We've never seen him, what's going on? A few minutes later, he got in the car and left and, and that was that. So that was my turning point. That's when I started to take the ET issue seriously. There was no doubt what I saw. There was no doubt that it was not a helicopter or anything even like it. Mm -hmm. You have to understand the area to know how certain one could be that that was a perfectly silent light, perfectly motionless, folded it, folded into our space and then folded out of our space. Mm. So there I, I began uh, looking at uh, these matters seriously and um, questioning what is the UFO thing. So let's fast forward all the way to um, 2010 where uh, I was on Jeff Rant's website, which is kind of a conspiracy uh, format. And in the side column, uh, I just saw a little banner ad for remote viewing. And I was like, remote viewing? What in the world could that be? So clicked on it, ended up finding the remote viewing manual and started reading it. And I was just like, how could you have a military manual talking about things like the matrix and so I just remembered, I, I, it just was this inward exhilaration. Um, I had, in the Air Force, used tech manuals all the time to yeah. work on C-130 aircraft, and there was nothing in there about the Matrix. So right, right. that really hooked me. Looked around, and the first uh, website I came to was Paul, Paul Smith. And so I contacted him via email and his courses were about six months out and i was very impatient and it decided that within probably 90 days or so i'd be a professional psychic spy and i didn't have six months to wait <laughs> right. so i found uh, ed dames's website okay. uh, signed up immediately for uh, training with him in uh, henderson nevada went down did a two-day thing and found myself very intrigued and impressed. My results were marginal, but I had one event there that was like, hmm, that, that's kind of a little bit beyond chance, but I don't really know. Hmm. And then Ed was walking, looking at everybody's uh, sessions, and I heard him say to the gentleman next to me, I think you're gonna be happy when you see the feedback. And I looked down, and this gentleman didn't speak very much English at all, and Ed had told us to do something like a 15-second sketch, just a quick sketch. Well, this guy was drawing buildings and windows and cross streets. And I looked, I was like, wow, you know. And then Ed went and flipped the uh, feedback photo on the screen, and it was that guy's drawing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa. And the reason I was sitting next to him, he'd asked me if I'd help him because he didn't understand much English. And then, and I'm even getting goosebumps remembering, I was like, okay, huh. So went back home, had uh, set my friend up, or my current housemate, along with my girlfriend, Catherine, with Ed's DVDs, because she didn't have the money to go on the trip, and I didn't have the money to, to get her on the trip. So I'd set her up with this. So I came back, I was all excited, and she said, oh, look what I did. And, she showed me uh, one of her drawings. And I said, oh, no, no. 
You're not supposed to copy those pictures. You're supposed to do this first and then look at the pictures. So this is what I did. I did that positive uh, DVD or CD or whatever it was at that time. And, and I did the session and then I looked at the picture. And then I looked at another and another. And it, it was mine. <laughs> wow. And right then, I, 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 I like, how could this be? Right. So I created my own sessions for her, locked them in my safe at work, came home, gave her the target reference number, and the second or third one, I literally, oh, and still, I just, I just started crying. Hmm. Because for the first time ever, something was demonstrable, it was repeatable, and it was provable. You mm. could not argue with what happened. Mm. And all these other experiences, the ones I've talked about, recalling my birth or this, that, they were subjective, so they're always open to question. Mm. Um, other things, you know, a little miracle happens in your life, you're like, God, that was uncanny, but this was the first time I knew that I knew that I knew in a tangible way. Mm-hmm going clear back to and more than my body, this was the first time that it was right there. You, you know what, I'm, I'm almost hearing, like, I know I'm not crazy. You know what I mean? I'm almost hearing, you know, oh. No, I, you know I, I got more than one birthday card that said you walked to the beat of a different drummer, okay? So that didn't, the crazy, that didn't really bother me that much. Okay. I I was okay with being uh, a little bit odd, so no, it it was the certainty. It was the fact that she could do it again and again, and if I created a target and left it eight miles away in my safe, it didn't matter. So then we started a, a program where I contacted the local newspaper, asked them what time they would put the paper to press, set up a queue, basically what's the largest picture on the front page of the paper for the next day and before they did their press run she would do the session we would race down the store at 6 37 in the morning when they'd throw the paper bundle off the truck and i'll be damned if she wasn't spot on to the point like on the third day the women at the store were let us see what's, what did she get today and we'd look at the picture the truck would throw the papers we grab the paper and the women at the store are like what how could this be and we proceeded i set up a little remote viewing room and we did all these interesting things um my results were still marginal and i got discouraged i kind of petered out and quit we changed locations different things happened but i couldn't shake it so i went into just a heavy study mode and that's all I did was I intellectualized remote viewing, read it, studied, became very um, impressed and appreciative of Ingo Swan. Many of his stories, like it was his grandmother that carried him through his uh, psychic crisis, just kind of this little bond. He had a uh, you know, period of time with Scientology. And I, I said, wow, you know, and so I really connected just with him. Um, I actually <laughs> sent him an email, which was screened by uh, his assistant, 
and said, I, you know, I'd give anything. And then the assistant's like, Ingo appreciates it, but he's not doing that anymore. He's not talking to people. He's not interested. And um, this was about two years before he passed. Mm. So I said, uh, okay, tell him I want a little vial of his bath water that I can wear around my neck. So then the guy comes back. He said, all right, look, you made Ingo laugh, but the answer is no. So go away. So I still have that little email thing. Um, right. So from, from there, I wanted to find out what his experience had been uh, to reach the particular level or state or condition, whatever you want to call it, that he'd achieved in Scientology. Right. So I looked around the world, happened to find one of the old school uh, guys from the 50s. Hmm. Uh, that was also there uh, during some of the time Ingo was there, who happened to live uh, within 50, 60 miles of myself. Went there, started doing sessions with him, which were uh, very, very amazing. And then I looked around some more, uh, traveled as far as Germany, and got myself trained by the old school guys in their 70s and 80s who were there back in the early days. And they ran me through all the processes up to where I wanted to be. That included a couple of very vivid recalls of what then turned out to be abduction experience. Okay. And that was eye-opening. And what became convincing, again, these are mental video shows um, that could be anything. I, I, don't, I, you know, I can't objectively prove them to you. But when the physical sensations, probably at about 60% of what they would be in real life, um, would kick in, I remember just going, I just, you know, how could this be? Hmm. One of the strangest ones, and again, like I said, you could uh, write this off as imagination, and I'm fine with that. But one of the most interesting ones was I was away from my body, which was on a table and I went behind the, the, the being that was doing the, the stuff to my body and they had a particular kind of light and, and it was, I had an outside perception position away from my body and of all things what I thought was, oh, no wonder people don't like the dentist. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, so then I went through, and in the, the type of process we use, you run a narrative over and over and over until parts of it just dissolve. You get to the core part that you most don't want to see. And when you can finally just have that as it is and say, okay, uh, I'm crazy, but I'm looking at pictures of this kind of thing. And I guess there it is. And once you just come to grips with it, the whole scene fades away. And... I went about with that. I worked for probably, well, I'm close to about 9,400 hours of working wow. with other partner or session partners. Wow. I do all of that work pro bono. I've never charged a penny. Wow. And I've seen people who I will say are perfectly normal, completely no leading. Some of them wouldn't even consider such madness. Mm -hmm. Never start out with that. They just say, hey, I want to be better at this or I want to quit being afraid of that. And in the path of doing that, even for them, to their surprise, the imagery downloads, the experiences relived, emotions, physical, the whole nine, yard, uh, nine yards. And then 
all of a sudden they're contacting you going, I cannot believe how my life has changed. I can't believe how wonderful I feel, mm. blah, blah, blah. And a little over three years ago, I was sitting here at my desk and again, that uh, inner voice said, contact Paul Smith and go back to remote viewing. And it did. And it's the best decision I've ever made. I uh, signed up for his basic course. Wait this month. Um, I went through that uh, with marginal results again. Then by the time I got to intermediate, I'd had a jump in uh, quality. And then by the time I got to advanced, things started to really roll for me. So now I work uh, for two professional remote viewing operations, uh, Sandra Hilliard out of Australia, and then the Husick group from, of Gail Husick. And I do professional sessions regularly. I've never been more fulfilled. I've never been happier. And then, as you know, we just started a new forum with the goal of keeping new people um, in a uh, environment where they can get their feet on the ground with some fundamentals. Yeah. And it's going great. The, the, the dynamics of it are it's intelligent, it's thoughtful, people are kind. And it's not a Wild West show. It's, it's just people really interested, some bright, bright young people. Paul started a regular uh, target, um, weekly target thing. People are really engaged. They're putting their sessions out bravely in public because mm. uh, anybody who knows remote viewing knows that it doesn't work all the time. And Paul gives them feedback. They ask questions. So pretty much that, you know, comes right up to the present. And through remote viewing, through research, through Ingo's work, Pat Price's work, um, Hal Putoff, the, one of the co-creators of remote viewing, he's uh, working on that disclosure project with the To The Stars Academy. I've uh, been very fortunate to get some kind help from people like Dan Smith. Um, that's brought me into contact with some of these more esoteric type sessions. So where I'm at right now, in terms of a life intention, is I want to see humans free and liberated from this external nonsense that's being imposed. And I think we're there. I think we're about to break through some walls. Mm. Mm. Well, it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, that was a long, a long piece. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of actually, I, I, I want, I'm drawn back. Do you mind if I go back and ask you a question about what something? Do whatever you like, sir. So you said after that experience in Wyoming of the light unfolding. Yes. You turned up at the gas station and there was this dreadful, like this creepy guy. Mm. How does he fit into the story? I'll have to tell you, I don't know. And it happened one other time since with a very, very similar energy field uh, and, a, and a not dissimilar character. Mm -hmm. We're not talking men in black or uh, hats or suits. All I can say about that is there's a video uh, that I watched where Ingo talked about this. Mm -hmm. And four times in his life, he had encountered these people. He said they were humanoids, most likely not born on Earth. 
he would pass them and he could feel that they had very, very strong telepathy. Then he would get past them and kind of turn around and they'd be turned around looking at him. And he laughed and said, and then I would haul ass. So what that <laughs> was or how it tied in, I honestly can't tell you. It was just a five minute episode that literally I can picture crystal clear to this very minute. Hmm. I mean, um, yeah, I'm, I've got my brain going in two directions, so forgive me. Um, one of the directions is, uh, is a, I've had some very uh, interesting experiences with entities, mm -hmm. uh, non-corporal, -corpor so without a body. Um, I, I think we're all entities, yeah, so some of us have bodies, some of us don't. Um, and the other direction is like um, with remote viewing, um, in other areas of your life, how, because I'm, I'm like, uh, you could say sometimes with these things is, and as a child, you had these experiences which were unpleasant experiences of opening up, opening up these uh, perception channels or these perception um, antenna, which were uncomfortable. Now, opening them up later on would be uncomfortable because you've got a, like a, uh, a conditioned reflex, it's been conditioned as it were, it's like, you know, basic psychology of learning. And you've gone back and you've, you've done a life review or you've done your clearing about it and then you're able to rehab that opening but have it in a very um, more benign way and experience like, oh yeah, this is just something I, I have access to. This is, I, I, I can, if you want, yeah, sure. I kind of skipped over. I can tell you the precise turning point. So when I was in Germany going through sessions, um, I became aware of something over and behind me. And I was doing my normal thing. And then the uh, trainer, the individual uh, teaching me said, oh, has anything changed in the room? No, uh-oh, you know go on a little bit more in this presence and he said so so have you become aware of anything different and I'm like no no and then finally in my mind I knew it was I knew that he knew how he knew it was there it would you know just have to be only his and I said if I leave here and I don't do this with someone who knows how to do it I'll regret it for the rest of my life so if I said yes there's something behind me and he goes are you ready to find out what's going on there they're like, oh God, okay, sure. So I tuned in, and there was quite a dialogue that he um, navigated to a certain point, and then the being was like, he didn't want to do it, have my trainer ask me a question, have him, and he just like wanted to do it direct. It turned out to be actually quite a touching uh, connection that, um, when you look, these sessions are, there's very modern um, devices now that are galvanic skin response. Yeah. So when you see, like, your needle just goes crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that situation was one where this being um, had intervened on my behalf in a couple of situations, a car accident, and then a home invasion that we had in California as a child. And my excluding, ignoring, blocking, 
not acknowledging him uh, was upsetting. At the same time, he wanted to, to get my permission to break free and move on. He picked me up during childhood and felt some empathy and wanted to help and protect, but he was ready to go. So what was interesting, I said, yeah, man, go, whatever you're doing. The room cleared, the meter went like this and just settled into smooth. My disposition changed. My trainer was like, and that's how you help the not physical, as you said, go free. Hmm. And from there, uh, then I, I brought him over here for about 18 days uh, from Germany for two weeks of high intensity training, including learning how to deal with some rather unpleasant type of not physical. So I've had a three year apprenticeship with, you know, thousands of sessions that he monitored through um, session reports, very, very, very strict. It's not monkey business and, and there's a lot of it that just shouldn't be played with, up yep, to yep. including significant physical manifestations right here in my office that people have witnessed, including a young couple that just ran out the door screaming. So yeah, yeah. it's not a play thing. I don't uh, make an issue of it with people. Most people aren't ready uh, for those types of encounters. And I am grateful every day that I went through that and now am fear free for, for those types of encounters. Wow, that's uh, that's um, that's that's a lot of work. Um, so um, kudos for that. Um, and um, an enormous amount of, um, uh, I imagine, you know, um, what is it? Um, polish on, polish off, kind of karate kid stuff. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, this, this guy was a cross between a German engineer and Buddha, mm -hmm. and he had every intent to make one pay their dues, which I diligently did, and it was hard. It was probably, you know, one of the hardest things I've ever done. And as you deal with these different types of things that, that are uh, out there here, uh, you do have to do a lot of that kind of wax on, wax off mm -hmm. to get able to stay centered and calm, mm -hmm. then to be able to be loving and caring, even if it's, it's, a, it's an unpleasant uh, encounter. And this is what you term clearing, is that? Is that right? Yeah, clearing is the modern uh, genre. Right, and you go, like, I feel like we, we, we're not going to cover everything and we, we could definitely talk again. Um, but like, it sounds like you, you can go to a place and clear it. Like when we talk about clearing, but, uh, or you can go to a person and they've got some issues that need clearing. Um, I, I've, I've done it with objects as well. Um, mm -hmm. I'm interested. I'd love to. Um, we'll probably have to have it um, at another time because of uh, uh, sure. time restraints and uh, um, and also, you know, I kind of don't want to hijack the podcast for my own personal purposes. Oh, um, it's a conversation. Yeah, 
Um, but um, uh, yeah, I kind of feel like I, I just want everybody to be very clear that you've got one th area which is clearing, which is which has been an incredibly powerful influence. Sounds like in your life, setting you up to be a clear channel for the remote viewing in a way. Sounds like. That's an interesting thing. Um, no. Okay. The, the clearing, interesting enough, I've worked with a couple of remote viewers, uh, and it's the inverse. Their remote viewing expedited the clearing by 60%. Just the fact they were willing to receive perceptions without internally editing or judging them, we flew through clearing. Okay. Myself, I do, I've worked very hard and reached, you know, what would be considered fairly clear levels. And that, for me, did not reduce the struggle I've had in remote viewing at all. Okay. Interesting. The reason, and if you want to know what the interconnection between the two and why remote viewing is going to be my passion for years going forward, it is because it teaches you without any other kind of session to clear yourself of filters, analytical impositions, because let's say theoretically one could go up and see God, hmm. but if you have a bunch of filters and your perception isn't clear, you're, you're not going to see God. Right. Okay, that's a very extreme example. So the process of remote viewing and the way it's contributed is just, even in daily life, you look at something going on in the street corner and then, well, this is what's going on. And well, is that an analytical overlay? Is that a judgment? Is that a filter? You look a little deeper and what you first thought isn't what was going on at all. So as that, those pathways, whether it's neuroplasticity plasticity or just patterning your brain to perceive with a sincere interest to get to what this is, um, it becomes part of your daily life. Mm. It becomes automatic. The intuition, the hunches, uh, it, it just it, it's, it just works perfectly. But if I were to say which one is going to benefit the other more, the remote viewers I've worked with were exceptional uh, session partners because they just let the data fly, worked through it, worked through whatever it was that they had in their mental theater, and it, it, was, it, it was impressive to watch. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I have to, I mean, I, I've got a, a comment that I just want to get out there because I feel like uh, it just has to be said. I think I might be as big a fanboy of Ingo Swan as you were. I just like that guy, his books, are phenomenal that there's some of the best books I've ever read and they're so well researched. I was talking to Paul about this, that they are so well researched. Yes. Uh, it's just like, wow. I, I didn't really, I didn't get it when I was learning remote viewing with, uh, with Lynn. I didn't get it. I didn't realize it. And he was still alive and I wish I'd just go on the plane and met the guy. Oh. And see if I could have just like, Oh, wow. Yeah. But um, myself and my, my my fanboy aspect hasn't changed. I, that when when there's there's deeper levels of materials that you can access regarding Ingo, and if you understood what he was trying to do, he had had his own powerful realizations. 
he left his affiliation with Scientology and all he wanted to do was bring increased perception to humanity and he paid a dear price for it and it, it's his integrity his determination but in the end you know they basically stifled what he was doing and I, I, I just have tremendous admiration for him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just put my finger up to say, yeah, yeah, I just, just seconded. As, actually, my second question is a bit really going to put you on the spot. And mm. um, it's, you said, oh, um, seeing God. And it brings me to that um, universal, have you had any experience with this? I'll say God as a, as a term for something we can't name, that is the something we can't name. Yes, my, my current definition or terminology basically comes down to a function. So I, I describe God as source with a capital S. I've not had, uh, you know, this overwhelming enlightenment experience or any certainty but if you will, on that side of things, there's no thing, in my opinion, no thing whatsoever. Not nothing, but no hyphen thing. Yeah. And so there may not be an image there to interact with. There may not be a thought. There probably is just, you're either going to be aware of it and not be able to express it, let's say as in you know certain buddhist traditions mm. i have perceived briefly in flashes what that state might be like mm. but then as soon as you have a thought about it it goes away right yes. so i'm absolutely certain of one thing that there is a source to this universe my take is that that source has brought into existence emanated radiated whatever word you want to use beings of magnitude and it's those beings that have gone on to carry out physical creation a lot of activity i believe occurred before there was any such thing as a physical universe and in that sense allegorically the legends of the fall or beings uh, making bad decisions and going one way and other beings going another and that kind of thing i think is there's some workable concepts in there mm. Hmm. My question that I like to ask everybody, um, and, and I, I, Russell, I, I think I'd love to have you back um, at another day, but um, just, just trying to keep things in a, in a bite-sized size mm -hmm. for, for this modern world. Um, what do you recommend uh, when somebody is starting to either if they're looking to learn about clearing learn about remote viewing or they are and you can pick one or the other or both um, or, or they're starting to have some kind of opening energetically where they're starting to perceive things what, what advice do you have for them based on your now like mature experience oh well, I wouldn't use the word mature necessarily but definitely uh, determined. I, I would say decide, 
you first have to decide that you want to know. And then I would start with the simplest of self-experimentation, whether it be meditation, whether it be reading, but it's just a decision. And I fully believe there, there's one thing I do want to back up and say when I talked about us being in a bad neighborhood. I have absolute certainty that the majority of beings in this universe are good, good beings. The beings that we're calling dark, evil, malicious, whatever, that's just a veneer on top of goodness. Mm. Nothing bad ever came out of source, ever. Mm. Mm. And as you talked about the disembodied, there may be trillions of more beings disembodied than associated with a body. So I believe that source will leave nothing, no one, not one particle of existence behind. I think everything, everyone, every being will be recovered. So when a person starts a process, I suggest the decision and I believe beyond myself, you, Paul, anybody that could get involved, that decision will be answered. And whatever knowing is pertinent to their individuality and their path, that will come their way, mm. and then they just simply follow it. So I don't think there's a, a, a universal prescription. I like it. Um, Russell, um, deepest thanks from me for for sharing so um, just straight, you know, I, I love people who, who, you know, call a spade a spade, just say this happened, that's all, you know. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm deeply, deeply grateful. And I, and I, I think I would like to uh, also pass on the thanks in advance from the people who are going to see this and be encouraged, inspired and supported by it. Well, I, I can't thank you enough. I had that first interview that I saw you with Paul, you know, I enjoyed so much. So many interviewers uh, do different things that I find like, please let the person answer the question. And you did that so well, you've done it here. I think you've learned by now, there's no such thing as a short answer with me, but um, I, I've enjoyed it. I, I really, truly have, and I thank you. Okay, we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk soon. Thank you so Okay, much. great, thanks Richard. That was really great. Uh, you know, I have to say after uh, talking with Russell and, you know, we, we talked, you know, a couple of times since then, I just feel like uh, I want to thank everybody in a way for inspiring me to make this podcast because I made a new friend, uh, just a really, really nice, humble guy. Um, kind of, it reminds me of this uh, Texan straight talking. I really appreciate that. Um, Next week, um, I'm not sure what we've got next week, but we've got something good. I think um, I'm talking to, Kate, to Katie Larson next week. So uh, get excited already for an amazing interview. Um, and we talk about a lot of things. Uh, we're di diving deeper into uh, energy work this season. Um, and hopefully we're expanding your minds a bit. So don't forget, discover energy work. It's something that really belongs to you.